History Network, the African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. So it is Monday, October 18, 2021. Welcome to the African History Network show, and we are live. So some of you all heard me earlier um, in the 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time hour on uh, Brenda Hill's show here on 9, 10 a.m., uh, the Brenda Hill show. And I was on for the first hour, so we had a good conversation dealing with uh, talking about some history and how it applies to today. We talked about the Maude Arbery case as well. We uh, talked some about um, the legacy of uh, lynchings. Uh, we talked about the Dred Scott case, uh, 1857 U.S. Supreme Court decision. We talked some about uh, the international transatlantic slave trade being abolished, January 1st, 1808, Amistad slave ship case of 1841. So we talked about a lot of history in that hour. Um, you can watch that on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. We have that broadcast there as well. So today, many of us got the uh, news this morning that uh, former, former four-star general Colin Powell, uh, first African-American Secretary of State, passed away uh, from complications uh, from uh, coronavirus, from COVID-19. And uh, he was also suffering from cancer as well. Okay, he was battling cancer. Uh, he's, he had blood cancer, multiple myeloma. He was battling that as well. And he was battling Parkinson's disease also. So this was a, a, a big loss. Um, the All the news outlets are carrying this story. They've been talking about this all day. Uh, we're going to talk some about this on today's show. There's a good segment I saw on the Black News Channel from today that talked about the legacy of uh, Colin Powell and talked about his life as well. I've been reading a number of articles. There's a huge article New York Times has. Um that article I looked at, I was going to print it out, but it's 26 pages. Uh, New York Times has a huge article. CNN has a good article from uh, Devon Cole, C-O-L-E, Devon Cole. Colin Powell, first black U.S. Secretary of State, dies of COVID-19 complications amid cancer battle. We know that Colin Powell left the Republican Party because he didn't like what the Republican Party had become. We know he endorsed publicly. Senator Barack Obama in October of 2008 on Meet the Press. And we're going to share some of that um, footage with you. It was historic. Uh, so we'll talk some about uh, Colin Powell, who was born to Jamaican immigrants in 1937 in Harlem, New York. Then also, uh, we're going to get to a story that we ran out of time on, on our Sunday show. We talked about this story uh, on Roland Martin Unfiltered when I was on Roland show on Friday. I'm a panelist on Roland Martin Unfiltered usually every Friday. Um, and we dealt with this story out of Texas. And like I said before, there's some crazy things coming out of Texas. But it's a story of a white teacher at a high school in Texas who was caught using the N-word, one of the students recorded him using the N-word in class, and he was asking, why can't he use the N-word? He was asking, this took place at uh, Klein Collins High School, Klein Collins High School. And he was asking, you know, uh, why isn't there a white history month? Um, what about the Irish? What about the mistreatment of the Irish? Why aren't people talking about that as well? So we discussed this briefly on Roland Martin Unfiltered. I'm going to let you hear some of the panel discussion because when they came to me, I went in a different direction with this. We'll talk about that. Then also there was a study that came out. Uh, I saw a number of different articles about this. We posted one from NBC News and the Griot. Posted one from the Grio today. Um, the first article I think I saw on this was from the Washington Post, October 13th, 2021. That was uh, Wednesday, October 13th. Counties 
with more Confederate monuments also had more lynchings, study finds. And I talk about this briefly on Brenda Hill's show uh, today on 19 a.m. WFDF. Counties with more Confederate monuments also had more lynchings, study finds. Okay. And it it talks about how with um, as recently as 2015, 57% of Americans saw the Confederate flag as representing Southern pride, more racism, uh, according to a CNN poll, 75% of white Southerners felt it, it represented pride versus only 11% of African-American Southerners. Those numbers had hardly moved from a similar poll taken 15 years earlier in, in the year 2000. Uh, but the debate around Confederate symbols and memorials is not just a matter of opinion, it contains, quote, testable questions, end quote, testable questions. Specifically, we can test whether Confederate memorials are associated with hate. Uh, so this was a team, this was uh, compiled by the, this is a report compiled by the University of Virginia, who published uh, their report uh, back on Monday, uh, October 11th, which interesting enough it's interestingly enough was um, indigenous people's day but in their report the team compared um, county level data on lynchings between 1832 and 1950 with data on confederate memorials and they found that in any given area um, controlling for population and other demographic variables the number of lynchings was a significant predictor of the number of Confederate memorials. Okay, we're gonna talk about uh, this later in the show because many of these Confederate memorials are still up today. And as you've heard me say before, all of the Confederate monuments need to be taken down. They're honoring traitors to the Union. All the Confederate monuments need to be taken down. In their place, you need to have historical markers that tell the history of what was there and why it was taken down. Confederate monuments need to be moved to museums because you still have to teach the history of the Civil War, of the Confederacy, what happened after the Civil War ended. This is an extremely, extremely important history that most Americans don't know. Uh, We know October 24th is going to be a a special on uh, MSNBC dealing with the Civil War and what happens after the Civil War ends. And this is critical history that directly impacts what is taking place today, the politics of the day, the opinions of the day, who people vote for, movements that they support, and uh, this backlash that, well, the January 6th insurrection is a continuation of the U.S. Civil War. January 6th, 2021 insurrection, you've heard me say this before, is is a continuation of the U.S. Civil War, which was an insurrection as well. So we'll talk about this piece here from the Washington Post. Counties with more Confederate monuments also had uh, more lynchings. All right, now, uh, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and empowering, uh, focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct your own behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself, what you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So you can control the radius of a man or a woman's thoughts. You can control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do it, teach what it doesn't know. Uh, we're going to jump right into uh, this first topic. We squeeze some of this in uh, before the break. So I want to go to, uh, let's look at this piece here from uh, uh, CNN. Okay, CNN had a good uh, article on uh, Colin Powell uh, and his legacy. So we're going to start there. And on the other side of the break, uh, we're going to go to this clip here. I'm going to let you hear some of when he endorsed Senator Barack Obama as well. Okay, and we'll go to this clip here from the Black News Channel. So um, Colin Powell, the first uh, black U.S. secretary of state whose leadership in several Republican administrations helped shape American foreign policy 
in the last years of the 20th century and the early years of the 21st century has died from complications from COVID-19, his family said on Facebook. He was 84 years old. Uh, they posted on Facebook, uh, and we're going to switch over here and show this to you. Uh, they posted on Facebook, uh, General uh, Colin Powell, former U.S. Secretary of State and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, passed away this morning uh, due to uh, complications from COVID-19. The Powell family wrote on Facebook, noting he was fully vaccinated. He was 84. He was battling cancer. Okay. He had uh, multiple myeloma, uh, cancer of uh, plasma cells. Okay. And uh, he also uh, was battling Parkinson's disease. So he had a suppressed immune system and he was going through treatment for uh, the myeloma as well, which it, it also weakens the immune system. Okay. And uh, uh, Peggy Safrino, uh, uh, Colin Powell's longtime chief of staff, uh, also confirmed that he was suffering from Parkinson's disease as well. He also told Bob Woodward that uh, as well as a piece from the Washington Post that deals with this. Now, even if fully vaccinated against COVID-19, those who are immunocompromised, which some dumbasses don't understand because they were already circulating a bunch of nonsense on social media. That's why I posted that post from D.L. Hughley. Uh, Cause you know, this is what stupid people do. They run their miles without doing research. Those who are immunocompromised are at a greater risk from the virus. Quote, we have lost a remarkable and loving husband, father and grandfather and a great American, the family said. Now, Colin Powell was uh, a distinguished and trailblazing uh, professional soldier whose career took him from combat duty in Vietnam to becoming the first black national, national security advisor during the end of Ronald Reagan's presidency and the youngest and first African-American uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff under President George W. Bush. Um, he's, and, and for a lot of people, you know, he was like one of my, I, I ain't big, I'm not a big fan of Republicans. I need, need a Democrat and a Republican. I'm not a big fan of Republicans. Okay. But he was probably one of my favorite Republicans, regardless of race. Okay. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Republicans, but he, you know, Michael Steele, I'm talking about contemporary. I'm not talking about Frederick Douglass. Okay. <laughs> okay. Frederick Douglass died in 1895. I'm talking about contemporary. He was probably one of my, you know, favorite Republicans. So, uh, he served uh, under uh, five presidents. Um, he uh, served in Vietnam as well. Uh, his national popularity soared in the aftermath of the U.S.-led coalition victory during the Gulf War. And for a time in the mid-1990s, he was considered a leading contender to become uh, the first black president of the United States. It was anticipated he was going to run in 1996, and he decided not to run. He said his heart really, really wasn't in it to be president and the dedication you needed to that. We're going to continue this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, the future radio. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network, subscribe now. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. I'm 
Michael M. Hotel, and the African History Network show. We deal with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It was laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies that take us out. So you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts. You can control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do a teach what it doesn't know. We have it all on 910 AM Superstation. 910, the Superstation, Detroit's only African American talk radio. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It is Monday, October 18th, 2021, and we are live. Calling numbers 313-778-7600, 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment, 313-778-7600. Okay, uh, I want to remind you that you can register for the uh, 10-week online courses that I teach on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we have them at our website, africanhistorynetwork.com. Uh, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach them in school. We deal with thousands of years of history, and we deal with what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. So the next class is Sunday, October 24th. We do them 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time online in my online school. Uh, we do the sessions live. All the sessions are recorded. You can go back and watch them anytime, okay? As soon as you register, you can watch the class we just did this past weekend. Class is on sale, eighty dollars, regularly one hundred thirty dollars, and you still have you can still watch the full class even after the ten week course is over with. Uh, the other class that I teach is uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, eighteen sixty five to nineteen sixty eight, where we deal with uh, what happens after the Civil War ends. We deal with some of the history of the Civil War as well, and uh, we deal with the Reconstruction Era, eighteen sixty five to eighteen seventy seven, Jim Crow Era. World War One migration, civil rights movement, and black power movement. Okay, I want to go back to the story we were talking about right before the break. Um, Colin Powell, uh, former four-star general, first um, African-American, uh, first black uh, U.S. Secretary of State, passed away uh, this morning from complications from uh, coronavirus. He was suffering from cancer, uh, multiple myeloma, uh, which is cancer of the uh, blood cells, cancer of plasma cells. He was suffering from cancer as well as Parkinson's disease. So he had a compromised immune system. On top of being 84 years old, he had a compromised immune system. Okay, I want to go back quickly here to this um, uh, piece from CNN. CNN had a good article uh, about uh, Colin Powell from, uh, written by Devin Cole, C-O-L-E. So... Uh, Colin Powell's reputation would be forever stained. Uh, he, so he goes on to say he talks about uh, his national popularity soared in the aftermath of the U.S. led coalition of victory during the Gulf War. And for a time in the mid 1990s, he was considered a leading contender to become uh, the first uh, black president of the United States. But his reputation would be forever stained when, as George W. Bush's uh, first secretary, when as George W. Bush's first Secretary of State, he pushed faulty intelligence before the United Nations to advocate for uh, the Iraq war, which he would later call a blot on his record. Uh, he regretted that. He said the information was faulty after the fact. He said the information was faulty. Uh, now, George W. Bush said in a statement on Monday that Colin Powell was a great public servant who was uh, such a favorite of presidents that he earned uh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom twice. He was highly respected at home and abroad and almost and almost important. Colin was a family man and and a friend, end quote. Though uh, Colin Powell never mounted a White House bid when he was sworn in as Bush's secretary of state in 2001, he became the highest ranking black public official to date in the country standing forth in the presidential line of succession. Now, uh, Colin Powell said of his history-making nomination during his Senate confirmation hearing, he said, I think it shows to the world what is possible in this country. It shows uh, to the world that 
follow our model and over a period of time from our beginning, you believe in the values that espouse, uh, you, you believe in the values that, that espouse, you can see things as miraculous as me sitting before you to receive your approval, end quote. Now, later in public life, Colin Powell would grow disillusioned with the Republican Party's right, uh, rightward lurch and would use his political capital to help Democrats win the White House. OK, and he ends up leaving the Republican Party as well. Um, Shakita, we're going to go to clip two first. OK, uh, uh, we're going to go to that in just a second clip. Uh, this what you're going to hear is from October 2008 when uh, Colin Powell announces that he's endorsing then Senator Obama uh, to become president. We'll go to that in just a second. OK, uh, that's from October 19th, uh, 2008. So he he Colin Powell became disillusioned with the Republican Party's rightward lurch. He also called out uh, um, uh, John McCain's running mate um, uh, as well. Uh, because, and he talked about how she wasn't ready to be vice president, et cetera. Now, most notably, um, he, he endorsed a president Barack Obama in the final weeks of the 2008 campaign. And he did it publicly on meet the press on NBC. The announcement was seen as a significant boost for Obama's candidacy due to Colin Powell's widespread popular appeal and stature as one of the most prominent and successful black Americans of public life. Okay. And people, regardless of political persuasion, regardless, regardless of which party they belong to, they had um, usually favorable things to say about Colin Powell. Now Colin Powell survived by his wife, Alma Vivian Johnson Powell, whom he married in 1962, as well as three children. Um, Let's see here. Uh, his, his spokesperson uh, told CNN that Powell was vaccinated early on and received his second shot in February of 2021. He was scheduled to get his booster shot this past week, but that was when he fell ill. So he was not able to receive the booster shot. Uh, COVID-19 vaccines are highly effective uh, are a highly effective tool in preventing severe disease and death, but no vaccine is 100% effective. More than 7,000 uh, breakthrough cases uh, of COVID-19 have resulted in death uh, and have been reported uh, to, uh, to the U.S. Centers, to the uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention through October 12th. Uh, by that time, more than 187 million people in the U.S. were fully vaccinated. That's one out of every 26,000 fully vaccinated people who have, uh, who have died of COVID-19 or 0.004%. 0.004 percent. Um, the uh, Peggy uh, uh, Safarino uh, uh, told CNN that he was vaccinated early on, early on, and received a second shot in February. Okay, he was scheduled to get a booster shot this past week, but that's when he fell ill. Once again, he was 84, battling cancer, and he's also battling he's also battling Parkinson's disease. Now, um, leaders from around the world or mourning uh, 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 Colin Powell, uh, President Joe Biden, uh, Barack Obama, uh, many others. Uh, Powell's death was met with an outpouring of, of grief from former and current leaders, including President Joe Biden, Biden, who described Powell as a dear friend and a dedicated uh, public servant who broke barriers. I wanna go to um, this clip here. This is from Meet the Press. This is from October 19th, 2008. Uh, Colin Powell is speaking with Tom Brokaw. This is how long ago this was on Meet the Press. And he, he reveals that he's going to endorse Senator Barack Obama uh, to be president. And he also talks about the direction that the Republican Party is going in and he doesn't like it. Let's go to this clip, Shakita. my heart and all my soul is a love without limit i have a bottomless faith clip, clip number two clip, clip number two from meet the press 
Colin Powell endorses Barack Obama for president. Clip number two. General Powell, last year you gave a campaign contribution to Senator McCain. You have met twice at least with Barack Obama. Are you prepared to make a public declaration of which of these two candidates that you're prepared to support? Uh, yes, but let me lead in with this way. I know both of these individuals very well now. I've known John for 25 years, as your uh, setup said, and I've gotten to know Mr. Obama quite well over the past two years. Both of them are distinguished Americans who are patriotic, who are dedicated to the welfare of our country. Either one of them, I think, would be a good president. I have said to Mr. McCain that um, I admire all he has done. I have some concerns about the direction that the party has taken in recent years. It has moved more to the right than I would like to see it, but that's a choice the party makes. And I've said to Mr. Obama, you have to pass the test of do you have enough experience and do you bring the judgment to the table that would give us confidence that you would be a good president. And I've watched them over the past two years, frankly, and I've had this conversation with them. I have especially watched over the last six or seven weeks, as both of them have really taken a final exam with respect to this economic crisis that we are in and coming out of the conventions. And I must say that uh, I've gotten a good measure of both. In the case of Mr. McCain, I found that he was a little unsure as to how to deal with the economic problems that we were having. And almost every day there was a different approach to the problem. And that concerned me. It's of sensing that he didn't have a complete grasp of the economic problems that we had. And I was also concerned at the selection of Governor Palin. She's a very distinguished woman, and she's to be admired. But at the same time, now that we have uh, had a chance to watch her for some seven weeks, I don't believe she's ready to be president of the United States, which is the job of the vice president. And so uh, that raised some question in my mind as to the judgment that Senator McCain made. On the Obama side, I watched Mr. Obama, and I watched him during this seven-week period, and he displayed a steadiness, an intellectual curiosity, a depth of knowledge, and an approach to looking at problems like this and picking a vice president that I think is ready to be president on day one, and also in not just jumping in and changing every day, but showing intellectual vigor. I think that he has a a definitive way of doing business that would serve us well. I also believe that on the Republican side, over the last seven weeks, the approach of the Republican Party and Mr. McCain has become narrower and narrower. Uh, Mr. Obama, at the same time, has given us a more inclusive, broader reach into the needs and aspirations of our people. He's crossing lines, ethnic lines, racial lines, generational lines. He's thinking about all villages have values, all towns have values, not just small towns have values. And I've also been uh, disappointed, frankly, by some of the approaches that Senator McCain has taken recently, or his campaign has, on issues that are not really central to the problems that the American people are worried about. This Bill Ayers situation that's been going on for weeks became something of a central point of the campaign. But Mr. McCain says that he's a washed out terrorist, and then why do we keep talking about him? And why do we have these robocalls going on around the country trying to suggest that because of this very, very limited relationship that Senator Obama has had with Mr. Ayers, somehow Mr. Obama is tainted? What they're trying to connect him to is some kind of terrorist feelings, and I think that's inappropriate. Now, I understand what politics is all about. I know how you can go after one another, and that's good. But I think this goes too far, and I think it has made the McCain campaign look a little narrow. It's not what the American people are looking for. And I look at these kinds of approaches to the campaign, and they trouble me. And the party has moved even further to the right, and Governor Palin has indicated a further rightward shift. I would have difficulty with two more conservative appointments to the Supreme Court, but that's what we'd be looking at in a McCain administration. I'm also troubled by not what Senator McCain says, but what members of the party say. And it is permitted to be said such things as, well, you know that Mr. Obama is a Muslim. Well, the correct answer is he is not a Muslim. He's a Christian. He's always been a Christian. But the really right answer is, what if he is? Is there something wrong with being a Muslim in this country? The answer is no, that's not America. 
Is there something wrong with some seven-year-old Muslim American kid believing that he or she could be president? Yet I have heard senior members of my own party drop this suggestion. He's a Muslim and he might be associated with terrorists. This is not the way we should be doing it in America. I feel strongly about this particular point because of a picture I saw in a magazine. It was a photo essay about troops who were serving in Iraq and Afghanistan. And one picture at the tail end of this photo essay was of a mother in Arlington Cemetery. And she had her head on the headstone of her son's grave. And as the picture focused in, you could see the writing on the headstone. And it gave his awards, Purple Heart, Bronze Star, showed that he died in Iraq, gave his date of birth, date of death. He was 20 years old. And then at the very top of the headstone, it didn't have a Christian cross. It didn't have a star of David. It had a crescent and a star of the Islamic faith. And his name was Kareem Rashad Sultan Khan. And he was an American. He was born in New Jersey. He was 14 years old at the time of 9-11. And he waited until he can go serve his country, and he gave his life. Now, we have got to stop polarizing ourselves in this way. And John McCain is as non-discriminatory as anyone I know. But I'm troubled about the fact that within the party, we have these kinds of expressions. So when I look at all of this, and I think back to my Army career, we've got two individuals, either one of them could be a good president. But which is the president that we need now? Which is the individual that serves the needs of the nation for the next period of time? And I come to the conclusion that because of his ability to inspire, because of the inclusive nature of his campaign, because he is reaching out all across America, because of who he is and his rhetorical abilities, and we have to take that into account, as well as his substance. He has both style and substance. He has met the standard of being a successful president, being an exceptional president. I think he is a transformational figure. He is a new generation coming into the world, onto the world stage, onto the American stage. And for that reason, I'll be voting for Senator Barack Obama. Okay. For him as well. I don't plan to. Two weeks left, let them go at each other in the finest tradition, but I will be voting for him. Okay, pause it right there, Shakita. Pause it right there. Uh, let's be. Pause right there. All right, thank you. Okay, that's from October 19th, 2008. Meet the Press, NBC News. Colin Powell announcing that he's going to endorse uh, then-Senator Barack Obama. Even though Colin Powell was a, a Republican, he said <laughs> he, said he was going to support uh, Obama over Senator McCain and uh, crazy Sarah Palin, uh, former governor of Alaska. Now, uh, Colin Luther Powell was born April 5th, 1937 in Harlem, New York, to Jamaican immigrants. After growing up in the South Bronx, uh, Colin Powell attended school at the, at the City College of New York, where he participated in ROTC, leading the precision drill team and attaining the top rank offered uh, by the Corps, uh, by the Corps uh, Cadet Colonel. Uh, Colin Powell, according to a CNN profile of him in the early 2000s, said, I liked the structure and the discipline of the military. I felt somewhat distinctive wearing a uniform. I had, I had not been distinctive in much else. Now, he entered the U.S. Army after graduating in 1958. We're going to go to clip one in just a second, Shakita from the Black News Channel. He entered the U.S. Army after graduating in 1958 and later served two tours in South Vietnam during the 1960s, where he was wounded twice, including during a helicopter crash in which he rescued two soldiers. He stayed in the Army after returning home, attending the National War College and rising in leadership. He was promoted to Brigadier General in 1979, uh, appointed as uh, uh, President Ronald Reagan's uh, final national security advisor in 1987 and was tapped by uh, Bush Sr. in 1989 to head the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Now, Colin Powell's tenure in uh, Bush Sr.'s uh, administration was marked by his involvement in some of the most notable American military actions of the late 20th century, including the 19. 89 Panama operation, the 1991 Gulf War, 
and the U.S. humanitarian intervention in Somalia, though he retired from the army days before the disastrous Battle of Mogadishu. Uh, although uh, Colin Powell was initially reluctant to commit U.S. troops when Iraq invaded Kuwait in 1990, he, be, he became one of the administration's most trusted spokesmen when the assault of, on Saddam Hussein's uh, army finally came. Okay, uh, Colin Powell said, first we're going to cut it off, then we're going to kill it. Powell famously said at a news conference at the time referring to the Iraqi army. Now, following the assault, uh, following the assault, Colin Powell became something of a national hero, enjoying a 71 percent favorability rating in uh, the first few years uh, after uh, the Gulf War. Uh, his efforts during the war also earned him two prominent awards, a Congressional Medal in March of 1991, uh, quote, in recognition of his exemplary uh, performance in planning and coordinating, end quote, the U.S. response to Iraq's invasion and a Presidential Medal of Freedom. Uh, as the elder Bush presented uh, Colin Powell with the award at the White House ceremony in 1991, he said the generals, quote, deep compassion for every one of the thousands of men and women under his command will always be remembered, end quote. Uh, I want to go to uh, this clip here from uh, the Black News Channel. They did a really good segment um, remembering Colin Powell and dealing with his life. Let's go to clip one, Shakita. There's a love without limit. I have a bottomless faith in the goodness of its land, the goodness of its people. From soldier to statesman to servant, Colin Powell's career is simply unmatched. He was born in Harlem in 1937, the son of two Jamaican immigrants. At 16, he entered the City College of New York and studied geology. But it wasn't until he joined the school's ROTC program that he finally found his purpose and his bedrock. World War II occupied the first good part of the first several years of my life, and then I landed my teenage years, the Korean War came along. So by the time I was uh, 17 years old, I'd seen about seven or eight years of war. And uh, as any young child would, I studied the tanks and the planes and the guns, and there was a fascination with all that. And I suspect that also moved me in the direction. None of it is the structure, the discipline, the sense of camaraderie, the sense of adventure associated with being in Powell graduated in 1958 and became a second lieutenant in the Army. Within 10 years, he had served two tours in Vietnam and was wounded in each, suffering a severe foot injury from a booby trap and breaking his ankle in a fiery helicopter crash. Yet still, he was able to rescue some of his fellow troops. Those heroics and others led to 11 decorations, including a Purple Heart, a Bronze Star, and a Soldier's Medal. Powell's assignments took him around the globe, Korea, Europe, and then to a much different battlefield, Washington, D.C. To some extent, it's war by, in a different way. The politics is war without bullets and shells, usually. Powell eventually rose to four-star general and held senior leadership positions under four U.S. presidents. He served as Ronald Reagan's national security advisor, and George H.W. Bush appointed him chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. At age 52, Powell was the youngest and first African-American to assume the nation's highest-ranking military position. And in that role, he oversaw 28 conflicts, including Desert Shield and Desert Storm. He also developed what became known as the Powell Doctrine, a list of conditions that must be met before the United States can commit to war. War is to be avoided when they have to be fought, fight them well and fight them, get them over quickly. And uh, in all of the exhilaration and joy that comes from victory and success, don't ever forget uh, the price that was paid for it. In 1993, Powell ended his 35-year military career with an official retirement and a second Presidential Medal of Freedom. The Army took in a young black kid from ROTC in the South Bronx and brought him to this point. The Army allowed me to climb on the shoulders 
of the Buffalo Soldiers and other African Americans who have blazed the trail 300 years of American history. The Army has been my home. The Army has been my life. The Army has been my profession. The Army has been my love for all these many years. He became a noted public speaker, a best-selling author, and founding chairman of America's Promise Alliance, a partnership of more than 400 organizations dedicated to improving the lives of children. But in 2000, Powell was called back into service when George W. Bush nominated him as the 65th Secretary of State. We will stand strong with our friends and allies against those nations that pursue weapons of mass destruction to practice terrorism. We will not be afraid of them. We will not be frightened by them. We will meet them. We will match them. We will contend with them. As the country's chief diplomat, Powell favored conversation over conflict. Things changed after 9-11. Although he first resisted plans to invade Iraq and overthrow Saddam Hussein, Powell eventually supported President Bush and played a key role in building momentum toward the war. His 2003 speech to the United Nations Security Council clearly detailed Iraq's manufacturing and concealing of weapons of mass destruction. We have first-hand descriptions of biological weapons factories on wheels and on rails. Clearly, Saddam Hussein and his regime will stop at nothing until something stops him. Powell's stellar reputation swayed opinions in the country and Congress, but his speech was based on military intelligence that was later proven false. There were no such weapons. Yet the Iraq war raged on for nearly 10 years and with extensive costs and casualties. Powell said he didn't know the reports were wrong, but he still called it one of my most momentous failures. 21 months after the speech, Powell resigned. The greatest pleasure comes from working with like-minded people in all the organizations I've been a part of uh, serving the nation. In every one of these jobs, there had and high points and low points. And what you have to learn to do in government or in life is to work through problems, seize the opportunities they come along, deal with the crises and challenges that they come along. And that's always the way I've uh, tried to uh, live my life in public service. Powell returned to the private sector to continue his work at America's Promise and venture into other business, community, and educational programs. From endorsing Barack Obama to condemning Donald Trump, the 84-year-old general remains vocal in politics even today, but his voice resonates most loudly on leadership. One of my sergeants back in uh, the infantry school at Fort Benning, he said to me one day, he said, Lieutenant, you'll know you're a good leader when people follow you, if only out of curiosity. <laughs> I've never had a better definition. What he was saying is, I trust you. And you have built up that trust. And so they would teach us at the infantry school, no matter how cold it is, Lieutenant, you must never look cold. No matter how hungry you all are, Lieutenant, you must never appear hungry. No matter how terrified you are, Lieutenant, you must never look terrified. Because if you are scared, terrified, hungry and cold. They will be scared, terrified, hungry and cold. I've gotten away with that many, many times in the course of my career by being scared to death, cold, and wanting to go to sleep. But no, let's go. Let's keep going. Let's go around this corner, if only out of curiosity. And they'll follow you into the darkest night, down the deepest valley, up the highest hill, if they trust you. Okay, pause it right there, Shakita. Okay. All right, so uh, that is um, a good segment from the Black News Channel from October 18th, 2021, um, remembering uh, General Colin Powell. All right, be sure to read the article from uh, CNN also. It's a good piece from uh, Devin Cole for CNN, uh, dealing with Colin Powell as well. And they also talk about uh, in February 2003, he delivered a speech before the United Nations and uh, him uh, him later saying that the uh, 
information was faulty that the uh, military was using to justify the Iraq war, et cetera. You can read the rest of this here. Uh, once again, name of this article, Colin Powell, uh, first black secretary of state, uh, first black U.S. secretary of state dies of COVID-19 complications amid cancer battle. He also had Parkinson's uh, disease as well. OK, I want to go quickly here to the story. We're going to go to clip three, Shakita from Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, some of you may have heard this story, may have seen it on social media. Uh, a white teacher in Texas is out of a job after a student recorded him using the N-word in class. We talked about this on Roller Martin and Filter. We're going to, we'll go quickly to this clip. Let's go to clip three. Klein ISD released a following statement about the incident. They said in Klein ISD, we pride ourselves on our ability to create safe spaces for every child in our school. Only employee failed to do that is no longer employed in Klein ISD. The statement made by this former employee not reflect our district shared vision, our employees, or anything about Klein ISD. We regret that our students were impacted by this language, and if any of them would like to talk to any of our counselors, we will make them available. Every child deserves to feel safe and have a positive learning experience at school. We are deeply sorry that this former employee failed to do this for our students. This incident is still under investigation at this time. Um, Kelly, really, I'm just saying... Um, do we actually need a debate on this one? Dude. You, one, one, I can't say it. You know, you know what? Hey, Paul, pause <laughs> right there, Shakita. Pause right there. Now, we'll, 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 we'll play now, that on, uh, we'll, we'll play the rest of that on tomorrow night's show. Those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. Uh, I'll play the rest of that clip so you hear my response. Uh, we're out of time here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF. Read this article here from Yahoo News. Uh, a white teacher in Texas is out of a job after a student recorded him using uh, the N-word. And uh, also the story dealing with uh, counties with more Confederate monuments. We'll talk about that some more on a Tuesday show. Be sure to visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for the uh, online courses that I teach uh, on the weekends and uh, all of my DVD lectures and digital downloads are there also at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Remember, right now is correct your own behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right, stand by, everybody. I'm going to queue up this clip here um, and let you hear uh, my response. Just a second. Let me, uh, let me grab this clip. We did this Friday, October 15th, Roland Martin is filtered. Uh, the story dealing with the Confederate monuments, we'll talk about that some more uh, on tomorrow's show. We talked about it some at the beginning of uh, today's show. Let's go to this here. Okay, so this is another story, another crazy story out of Texas. We've heard a number of crazy stories out of Texas uh, re regarding education, regarding um, banning critical race theory, all types of things like that. Okay, and this is another crazy story out of Texas also. Let's, uh, let me pull this back up. Let me cue this up just a second here. So the teacher's name is um, Norman Grunich, Norman Grunich, uh, a white history, uh, I'm sorry, a white Houston area teacher resigned on Wednesday. Okay, so this was uh, last week, Wednesday, October 13th, uh, after a student recorded him using the N-word during a discussion. This was during class, during a, during a discussion and asking why he could not use the N-word according to KHOU uh, there in Houston, uh, Texas, okay? So one question I would ask is why would you want to use the N-word? That's, that's, that's the first question I would ask. And uh, the sec secondly, um, I think, now he actually used the N-word while he was talking to them. They have it recorded, okay? We're not going to play that portion. But... Uh, I think he's used the N-word before in everyday conversation. And he, he wants to use it talking to them. He wants to know why he can't use it talking to them. Okay. I, I think he uses it in everyday conversation and it doesn't bother him. And, you know, he has no problem with it. So the theater arts teacher identified as Norman Grunich worked at Klein Collins High School located just outside of Houston, Texas, Klein Collins High School. 
located just outside of Houston, Texas. He said, why do you guys in my class say, man, in word, you crazy? Grunich can be heard saying in the uh, recording. Okay, he could be heard saying in the recording. He said, why do you say that? And why is it? Uh, and why is it? Because I'm a white guy. I can't say that. Once again, question I would ask is why would you want to use the N-word? Okay. Why would you, you, you want to call somebody that? What, 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 why do you want to do that? Now, uh, Norman Grunich can also be heard in the recording asking why there is no white history month, why there is no white history month. And he pointed to the treatment of some Irish people. He said, why don't we have a white history month talking about uh, what the Irish went through. Now, this is after you have uh, the banning of critical race theory in Texas being taught in schools and they're limiting what can be taught about the history of slavery and different things like this in schools. Then also in Texas, they passed, a, um, they passed House Bill 3979, which states that you also have to teach an alternate view of different things than what history, whether slavery was the Holocaust, you also have to uh, provide an opposing view to, uh, for students uh, because their claims, oh, students are being indoctrinated by liberal, you know, white conservative, white critical race theory, you know, critical race theory, things like this. Why don't we have a white history month talking about what the Irish went through? Quote, because we're white and it's a white privilege, right? That's what I'm saying. End quote. He's talking to African-American students saying this nonsense. Now, the client independent school district confirmed on Wednesday in the statement that the teacher no longer works at the school, according to KHOU. Okay. And he resigned, according to his reporting from businessinsider.com, uh, picked up by Yahoo News. Um, he resigned last Wednesday, he resigned October 13th, okay, after after uh, people saw the video. Now, uh, a statement from uh, the school district, the Klein, Klein Independent School District, said, in Klein ISD, we pride ourselves on our ability to create safe spaces for every child in our schools, the statement said. This former employee failed to do that and is no longer employed in Klein ISD, end quote. The school district further apologized for the incident and said that Norman Grunich, Grunich's actions are still under investigation. Quote, every child deserves to feel safe and have a positive learning experience at school. The, the school district said, quote, we are deeply sorry that this former employee failed to do this for our students, end quote, okay? Now, you can read this full article here because they came to me, we talked about this on the panel discussion, and uh, this is Kelly Bathia, who's an attorney speaking, then, then they come to me, you, you get to hear what I said. They are white, but that is a psychological issue to me. Michael. Uh, <laughs> Roland, <laughs> he's a dumbass. Okay, <laughs> some people should not be in classes. Okay, now uh, I'm I'm a person. I don't use the N word, and I'm black. Okay, I I don't do it. But when you go and and research this, and once again, this is in Texas as well. You know, and there's some crazy things going on in Texas. Um. He, he also could be heard in the recording asking why there's no white history month. And he pointed to the treatment of some Irish people. He said, why don't we have a white history month talking about what, what the Irish went through? Uh, well, March is Irish American history month, dumbass. It's been in existence since 1991. Okay. The U.S. government recognizes Irish American history month. This is what happens when you have unqualified people in the classroom. So yeah, he should be fired. And uh, this is another example of why America needs a massive history lesson as well, especially in Texas, which is a former Confederate state 
They came into the Union in 1845 as a slave-holding state. These are some crazy times, and history's repeating itself also. Brianna? Yeah, so okay. I'll say that I wasn't familiar with Texas, um, but I want to highlight um, something further than just this, right? Because this is happening not just in Texas. Um, I have a friend who received a call this just this week, right, um, about a teacher out of school within Greenville County Schools in South Carolina who allegedly called a student the N-word, and it's, the teacher was only suspended. Um, of course, we'll be asking for um, the employee to be terminated, and um, but there's also been history in that same school last year um, for a student to be calling the, uh, being called the N-word um, and suspended for two weeks at that same school. So it's not a one-off instance, right? And it's not just happening in one state. And you can remember probably in the past um, in South Carolina, the Malden um, police officer called a student the N-word and was terminated from the school district and the police department. So we just can't allow this to happen. All right. So uh, you can watch the rest of that uh, clip here. And they broke it up into an actual clip. Um, and it's on YouTube and Facebook. He posted on Facebook. It's been, been viewed 48,000 times. It was, uh, uploaded, um, October, October 17th. That's from our show Friday, October 15th, Roller Martin unfiltered. So on Roller Martin on, uh, YouTube and Facebook, but very quickly here, Irish American heritage month. Okay. Irish American heritage month has been in existence since 1991. OK, all um, a number of different ethnic groups have their own monthly cultural celebration. All right. Uh, and most of them start after 1976. 1976 is when um, uh, Black History Week becomes Black History Month. And it's uh, officially recognized by the federal government, even though we were celebrating it going back to 1926. If we go here to uh, archives.gov, National Archives, and you can Google Irish American Heritage Month, um, it tells you uh, arguably the most famous Irish American in our holdings is uh, President John F. Kennedy. Uh, it goes on and talks about that. Uh, and they talk about, let's see, they talk about Irish American Heritage Month. Uh, let's see here what we have. Okay, so they have some information uh, here at archives.gov about it. Uh, Irish American Heritage Month is recognized by the president each year. Uh, there's usually a proclamation from the president. And there was one from um, President Joe Biden uh, this year. It it's, takes place in March, each March. If we look at whitehouse.gov, the proclamation is there. White House proclamation for Irish American Heritage Month 2021. Since before the founding of our nation, Irish immigrants have arrived on our shores with an unyielding spirit of determination that has helped define Americans, America's soul and shape our success across generations. Um, he, talk, uh, he talks about um, uh, his grandparents because he's of Irish uh, heritage as well. The story of the Irish, the story of the Irish world over is one of people who have weathered their fair share of hard times, but have always come out strong on the other side. Uh, Irish Americans became the firefighters and police officers who protected us. They are the activists who organized unions to give voice and strength to American workers. I'm not sure where Greenwich was during the month of March or if he knew March was Irish American Heritage Month. Uh, been celebrated since 1991. I'm not sure if he, you know, read this uh, proclamation or if he can read. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he can read. Um, they are the activists who organized uh, unions to give voice and strength to America's workers. They are the educators who taught generations of American students and the public servants who answered the call to service in the halls of Congress, the Supreme Court and the White House. We owe a debt of gratitude to the Irish American inventors and entrepreneurs 
who helped define America and uh, as the land of opportunity. Uh, it goes on and uh, uh, it, it goes on and continues. Okay, this proclamation recognizing Irish American Heritage Month, which is the month of March, like I said, has been celebrated since 1991. Okay, somebody, uh, hopefully. Somebody would tell Grunich, who's out of a job. So hopefully somebody would explain that to him so he can go do some research. So the next time he talks about the Irish, he um, knows what he's talking about. Doesn't sound ignorant once again. Um, okay, so you can uh, do some research on that. And I'm looking here at timeanddate.com. Uh, looking at Irish American Heritage Month. Okay, so they have information there. You can Google that on uh, Irish American Heritage Month. All right. So, and here's the here's the link to the uh, article here from yahoonews.com as well on this teacher. Once again, this is out of Texas. More crazy things out of Texas also. All right. Hey, if you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. Um, this is our official Cash App account, dollar sign, the AHN show, S-H-O-W. When you go to it, it, it'll say Michael and show my, uh, it'll say Michael and show my picture there also. Uh, these other ones are fake African History Network Cash App account, so that is not me. And be sure to register for the uh, online courses that I teach on the weekend. As soon as you register, you can start watching uh, the last class that we did. Uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. And also Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understand the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. All right, so we teach those on Saturdays and Sundays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so visit AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for those there. And if you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization, email me at ahnshow at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AHN show at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com if you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization. Uh, we know African American History Month, Black History Month is coming up in February. Kwanzaa is coming up in December. Uh, I have a presentation that I do dealing with the history of Christmas also. So email me if you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization in person or virtually, and we can discuss the details. All right, look, we have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating and empowering and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting, LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365 and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV, the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network, 
Subscribe now. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that will satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle her hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustler Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustler Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health, and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise.